Father, may you grant your servants today the wisdom to know when to give an answer for the hope that is inside of us, to know when to stick and move, to know when to plant and water, so that you may bring your increase in due time for your honor and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. We have been praying for Swamp Dweller, a dear sister in Christ, for some time now concerning her father, her friend, who she's taking care of. She writes to me and says, He is finally back home. I'm so very grateful for this opportunity that God has given me to take care of my dad. He is physically coming back some, and his brain is sort of normal, but he will never be the same. However, we are very close. And I get this chance to repay him for all that he has done for us by taking care of him now until he departs this world. We get to talk about God and life after death and just really bond. The parent becomes the child, or as they say, once a man, twice a child. And then she thanks us for our prayers. We're continuing to pray for you, our dear sister in Christ, because this is virtue. A virtue of a woman of God. A virtue that I'm praying that we would see once again in this country and in our land in our land and among our people. As we see us quickly move, it's encouraging to hear this testimony from this sister in Christ. Also pray for our brother in Christ, Major. He is navigating through some uh, difficulties and he, he called and asked for some wisdom, some biblical wisdom about honoring his parents. And all I can say is by the end of the conversation, before we prayed with one another, I was convinced that he was doing exactly that. He was honoring his mother and his father by the decisions that he had to make, difficult decisions. But pray for this brother, pray for this sister. And I'm here to tell you, my friends, that nothing else matters but the will of God, no matter how difficult it may seem, knowing that God will work it out for good to those who love him. We read in Hebrews today in chapter 10, in verse 7, Then said I, Lo, I come in the volume of the book, it is written of me to do thy will, O God. Thy will, O God. Whatever that looks like, whatever that smells like, thy will, O God. Knowing that we've already had the victory in Christ. It is finished. Jesus paid it all. Verses 9 and 10, Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, that he may establish the second, by the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Jesus paid it all, my friends. Our daughter-in-law, she has a pretty large following on TikTok. You can find her at AKChev. A-K-C-H-E-V. That's her username or handle on TikTok. But she flew into our state the other day. and My wife went to spend the day with her. And that included some hiking. 
But our daughter-in-law, she stepped out of her comfort zone as my wife was passing out our cards that have a prayer on the back and a couple Bible verses, Romans 10, 9, and 10, that states, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth and believe in thine heart that God hath raised from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So just a, a simple word of truth on the back of these cards with a link to our church website. And so she was passing those out on the trail. And our daughter-in-law stepped up to the plate out of her comfort zone and said, you know what? I want to do a TikTok. Here it is. So I'm hiking in Colorado with my mother-in-law. And we're on this trail and she's passing out these cards to everybody we come across. Lynn, what are these cards? These cards are my husband's website. My husband is retired military. He was in the military for 23 years and retired. And so that's where the name Light Fighter comes from because he was infantry. And so if you want to know more about Jesus, how to have a personal relationship with Jesus, if you need peace, um, go to the website and um, listen to my husband's sermon and he will let you know. There you have it. So I'm hiking in... My wife and... My son, who I talked to today, we were just so impressed by her doing that. And we're, and I ask that you would continue to uh, pray for her as she seeks her own peace with God and salvation. Which brings us to Hebrews 10.22. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. As I was talking to my son about this very thing, we discussed a tweet that I had quickly gained 40,000 views within about the first hour. It gained a lot of hate as well to include someone telling me that I and all who were part of this podcast are going to hell. He said, well, what would you post? Well, there's a trending tag on Twitter uh, that was U.S. and China. And so I had pieced together uh, two videos. One was that video clip that I played yesterday where the drag queen was parading down a church aisle. A packed church, by the way, with everyone cheering. I had to address this uh, blasphemy. And then, of course, China had put out some recent propaganda with this uh, couple-minute video of this military display of force and, and power and bravado and, and manliness. And so I put both of those videos side by side, of course, one being the U.S. and the other China. I had to address this blasphemy, and I'm glad that I did, and I'm glad that it, it gained the traction that it did. But the way Twitter works, those tweets soon die out and it did die out so I find myself sticking and moving planting in water then I move out and it's up to God whether he chooses to bring the increase or do whatever he wants to do with it therefore I've entitled today's episode stick and move number 214 stick and move Hebrews 10 29 of how 
Much sore punishment suppose you shall he be thought worthy who hath trodden under the foot the Son of God and hath counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he hath was sanctified an unholy thing and hath done despite unto the Spirit of grace. You march and parade your blasphemies in our churches and our sacred places. Now we know this is grievous sin that must be repented of. And many will not repent. My son had mentioned to me that therefore there are worse sinners than others. And I had to explain to him that we are all sinners in need of repentance. God sent his only begotten son for sin, period. If there was just one sin that you and I committed across the board, he would still have sent his son. So, be it one sin or a billion sins makes no difference. We are all guilty in need of Jesus Christ. Thank God, whether you've sinned once or whether you've sinned a billion times. Thank God for this forgiveness. A brother in Christ had texted me yesterday about this forgiveness. And he, and he was just touched by the fact that his past has no ability to no to to hold on to him any longer. And then what do we read today? Hebrews 10:17 in their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. We must not forget where we came from yet at the same time we must forget where we came from. We're all guilt, guilt, guilty. Are you guiltless when it comes to sexual sin? Even if it was just a thought you dwelled upon at one time? Well, we know the answer to that question. Then there's still hope for the sexual sinner. May they repent and turn to Jesus Christ before it is too late. Pray for them. Pray for our enemies. Pray for our country. Pray for China. That many Christians, that people will come to repentance there. And see what God can do. From the grassroots as hearts are changed. Therefore, we do not have the authority to go above legal and lawful means to enforce morality. We do not have the right or authority to physically enforce morality. Much of the same morality that you and I fall short of in one way or form or fashion. We know that God will fiercely get all of his justice. Not an ounce will be left behind. And it will be on time for all those who refuse to repent. Hebrews 10, 30-31 For we know him that hath said, Vengeance belongeth unto me. I will recompense, saith the Lord. And again, the Lord shall judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. The problem is, is that people no longer fear God. And I believe the day of great sorrow is near for America. We read in Lamentations today, chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, How doth the city sit solitary that was full of people? How has she become as a widow? She that was great among the nations and princes among the provinces, how has she become tributary? She weepeth sore in the night, and her tears are on her cheeks. 
Among all her lovers, she have none to comfort her. All her friends have dealt tre treacherously with her. They are become her enemies. This country is naked. And it will be found naked unless she repents. Verse 8 9, Jerusalem hath grievously sinned. Therefore she is removed. All that honor honored her, despised her, because they have seen her nakedness. Yea, she sigheth and turneth backward. Her filthiness is in her skirts. She remembereth not her last end. Therefore she came down wonderfully. She had no comforter. O Lord, behold my affliction, for the enemy hath magnified himself. I understand that it's, it's hard, my friends. It's difficult, but we must be patient. We must live by faith, knowing that these times of sorrow and affliction are coming. Some of you may already be experiencing them right now. Let your faith endure. Bow before our King. Find the peace that passes all understanding. Verse 36 through 38, For you have need of patience that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. My son and I, we talked about the possibility of this country being attacked by one of these foreign enemy superpowers such as China. And I told him that if the Lord chose to do so, he can crumble this country with his pinky finger if he chose to. But all you have to do is look around to see we are being crumbled by much less. By even drag queens, God help us. Our mighty men are being reduced to women's genitals before our eyes. Lamentations 115, the Lord hath trodden underfoot all my mighty men in the midst of me. He hath called an assembly against me to crush my young men. The Lord hath trodden the virgin, the daughter of Judah, as in a winepress. Knowing this power of Almighty God, in conjunction with the knowledge of his forgiveness, we ought to move on with confidence, with the desire not to waver from our faith. Yes, it's disappointing. It's saddening. It's heartbreaking. And we should weep for this country that so many have bled and died for. Verse 16, For these things I weep, mine eye, my eye runneth down with water because the comforter that should relieve my soul is far from me. My children are desolate because the enemy prevailed. I suppose this is why I hit on this Christian nationalism so hard lately because I can clearly see the rebranded political golden calves time and time again. And the difference between these golden calves is no doubt perdition. And that is why they never endure and they move from one calf to the next. They just continue to rebrand themselves. But I'm here to tell you, my friends, faith does not rebrand itself. Faith that is from God, does not rebrand itself. It, does re it requires no rebranding because it is a faith that endures to the end. A faith that should be in agreement 
with verses 18 and 19 of Lamentations 1, the Lord is righteous, for I have rebelled against his commandment. Here we see repentance. Here I pray you all people and behold my sorrow. My virgins and my young men are gone into captivity. I called for my lovers, but they deceived me. My priests and my elders gave up the ghosts in the city while they sought their meat to relieve their souls. Is this not what we see today? But then these political parties, these backstabbers that stab each other in the back, yet they call themselves Christian nationalists. They deceive these priests and these elders sought meat to relieve their own souls. They only cared about their back. Therefore, they sold out their brethren. I just want to praise the Lord for a moment because as I'm online and as I'm working, as I'm planting, as I'm sowing, as I'm sticking, and as I'm moving, I'm often falsely accused. But I guess it tells me that I'm doing something right for we know who the false accuser is. Revelation 12:10. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ for the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. So it's nice to know that there are real men of God's elect who are willing to talk to each other without the schoolyard girl tactics. While men are being reduced to women's genitals all around us. It's nice to know that there, there are men still out there who want to be men. One of those men, Jared Sparks, he reached out to me and asked if he could speak with me by phone like a Christian man ought to. Putting aside all of the fancy Christian nationalists and eschatological titles, even though he does subscribe to the post-millennialist position, and I subscribe to the pre-millennial, non-dispensational, non-secret rapture type. But we talked to each other on the phone like men, and we agreed on the fundamentals of our faith and the responsibilities thereof, while also agreeing that these subjective titles such as Christian nationalism are unnecessary. And that's biblically speaking, they are unnecessary and they create the conditions for more false accusations based on the subjectivity of such man-concocted titles. So Lord willing, he's going to do a, a podcast here in the near future to defend his eschatological position of post-millennialism. And I'm going to listen to it, Lord willing, and we'll do a critique to follow it uh, based on uh, my position. And then, again, Lord willing, we plan on doing a future podcast episode together. Men, discussing the things of God. Now, prior to this call, before we even got to the phone call, I told him a little bit about my feelings about this Christian nationalism. And I let him know that I have agreed to disagree on eschatological matters in the past, which are end-time matters. But now that this Christian nationalism has risen once again, it cannot be ignored due to its roots in the past in such things as amillennialism, which is a form of post-millennialism. 
It's the same Christian nationalism that has been used to martyr countless of the elect by the persecuting hands of such as the Catholic Church and many more. And I let them know that the point is, is there, there just is no sanction for Christian earthly nationalism in the Bible. 1 Peter 2.9 makes this clear. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So the only nationalism that I see in the Bible that is sanctioned is holy nationalism. As for these earthly nations, God is already governor. We know this. I've recited it many times lately. Psalm twenty-two, twenty-eight: for the kingdom is the Lord's. He is the governor among the nations. This is clear. And that John the Baptist, nor Jesus, were Judean nationalists, nor was Paul a Roman nationalist. They defied such. And I believe my brother's intentions and definition may be innocent. However, we look to history and none of us can deny that these intentions and definitions are not what has risen to power. And of course we know that God is omnipotent. And of course we know that he's sovereign in all of this. It's just that he allows this, to, this power to rise clearly for refinement, molding, and judgment. Christian nationalism in the wrong hands always go, goes bad. Just look at this AF crew that mocks women and jokes of rape. They call themselves America first, yet they call themselves Christian nationalists at the same time and joke about, about raping women. This cannot be overlooked. Thomas John Withers says, yes, these are accurate, correct statements with which we are supposed to be occupying our time, efforts, and strength. But Christian nationalism does not look like what you just stated. And he's responding to another comment. But he goes on, he says, preaching the gospel, teaching the nations to obey all Jesus commanded, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and going forth into all the nations with his presence are the essence of the work of the church. But that is not what Christian nationalism says should be the effort and focus of Christians. The church has always done very poorly when she has tried to meld herself with or take over power from the state. The blood of millions of martyrs over the last 1900 plus years would wholeheartedly disagree Christian Christian nationalism should be an effort or focus of the bride of Christ and I agree the blood trail has proven this so I was glad that two men can talk together on the phone with these type of conversations and what end up happening we found ourselves provoking each other to good works bringing us to Hebrews 10.23. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. Not from political golden calf to political golden calf. That is wavering. For he is faithful that promised. However, in order to provoke each other, we need to assemble with each other. Even if it's just a phone call or a Skype call. There's something about this personal interaction that cannot be replaced. Verse 25, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Just personal interaction that they discourage for the churches, but they encourage for gay orgies in places like San Francisco. Prison Planet had posted on Gab a YouTube video with a comment that states, 
After declaring a public health emergency over monkeypox, authorities in San Francisco still encourage men to participate in gay orgies. All I know is distress will soon come upon this nation and affliction and sorrow like it's never seen before because of all this evil. Lamentations 120 through 22 Behold, O Lord, for I am in distress. My bowels are troubled. My heart is turned within me, for I have grievously rebelled. Abroad the sword bereaveth. At home there is as death. They have heard that I sighed. There is none to comfort me. All my enemies have heard of my trouble. They are glad that thou hast done it. Thou will bring the day that thou hast called, and they shall be like unto me. Let all their wickedness come before thee. And do unto them as thou hast done unto me for all my transgressions, for my sighs are many and my heart is faint. Oh, that our men and women would turn back to virtue, even the virtue of a woman such as a handmaid by the name of Ruth that we read. In Ruth chapter 3 and verse 11, And now, my daughter, fear not. I will do to thee all that thou requirest, for all the city of my people doth know that thou art a virtuous woman. May our virtuous women rise up. May our virtuous men rise up. I will close with a post that I seen on, on Gab concerning a touch of this virtue. A post that was posted by a Shannon Alexander. She says, today I met an 80-year-old white woman at the grocery store. She was standing directly in front of something I needed, and I was in a hurry to get what I needed and get out, so I sat back and waited for her to move with an impatient sigh. But after watching her stand in front of the cheeses for a few minutes with a confused look on her face, while other people repeatedly shoved past her to get their items, without even acknowledging her, I asked her if she needed help. She showed me the list that her son had printed out for her, and I helped her find the cheese she was looking for. Then I helped her find the other things on her list, while making small talk and laughing with her. She says, it took me twice as long to get what I needed, but the warmth I felt from her as we slowly walked the aisles made me forget I was even in a hurry to leave. If you slow down, take the time to notice others around you, she says, the purity in these seemingly trivial moments can be very rewarding. She says she recommends this 10 out of 10. And it's here, my friends, that virtue tells us when to stick and move. And when to hang out and listen and help. This is how the love of Christ rolls, my friends. This is how faith endures to the end. May God help us all. Psalm 33. Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous, for praise is comely for the upright. Praise the Lord with harp. Sing unto him with psaltery and with an instrument of ten strings. Sing unto him a new song, play skillfully with a loud noise, for the word of the Lord is right, and all his works are done in truth. He loveth righteousness and judgment, the earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. He gathereth the waters of the sea together as in heap, he layeth up the depth in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord, let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. The Lord bringeth the counsel of the heathen to naught. He maketh the devices of the people of none effect. The counsel of the Lord standeth forever, the thoughts of his heart to all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, 
and the people whom he hath chosen for his own inheritance. The Lord looketh from heaven, and he beholdeth all the sons of men. From the place of his habitation he looketh upon all the inhabitants of the earth. He fashioneth their hearts alike, he considereth all their works. There is no king saved by the multitude of on hosts. A mighty man is not delivered by much strength. And horse is a vain thing, for safety neither shall he deliver any by his great strength. Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him, upon them that hope in his mercy, to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. Our soul waiteth for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For our heart shall rejoice in him, because we have trusted in his holy name. Let thy mercy, O Lord, be upon us, according as we have hope in thee. I pray that this episode of Gospeled was a blessing to you. And if you would like to become a team member of this Christ work, simply pray. Pray that God would use this podcast mightily for his glory. Share the episodes wherever you can and support with a subscription if you're able to do so. We are in this together, Christ friends. Keep up the good fight.